0: Forgot to print out the text ahead of time. So we'll go the old-fashioned way and look it up in the Bible. Feel free to do that as well. <clears throat> from 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you say you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets who were there in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The company of prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But again he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them. As they both were standing by the Jordan, then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. The water was parted to the one side and to the other until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I may do, to do for you before I'm taken from you. Elisha said, please, let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, you have asked a hard thing, yet <clears throat> if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped, grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. He picked up the mantle of Elijah it, that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water saying, Where is the Lord of God of Elijah when he had struck the water and the water was parted to the one side and to the other? And the other, Elisha, went over. Again, a word of God that is still speaking. Thanks be to God. Her name is Pat Kirk. If I had to identify one person responsible for me being here in the pulpit in front of you, it would be her. Pat was the mother of one of my best friends and a girl I had a crush on. She was the wife of the minister of my home church as a teenager. She was a church educator of another Presbyterian church in town. But if I could only name one person who shaped my faith and my future calling the most, it would be Pat Kirk. There were others my grandparents, my parents, Sunday school teachers, youth advisors, grad school professors. It's a long list. But if not for Pat, I don't think I'm quite standing here before you today. She passed the mantle of Christian education on to me, just a kid in the same youth group as her kids, just a kid who sat in the pews of the church. As I said, she had another job In the church, and she was responsible for the Christian education of those children and youth and adults. But for the kids in our church, we weren't her job, but it was her calling, because she loved us. And because she loved us, she made sure to provide opportunities to pass along the faith. In a 2013 interview, the Archbishop of Canterbury said that Christianity is just a generation away from extinction and he is absolutely correct his quote was in the context of talking about the declining religious participation and religious identification of people in the united kingdom but it also applies to us today not because we are experiencing a similar decline but because of um, but because the christian faith well as all faith beliefs ideologies really or just one way away from being extinct. That's because faith is passed along from one generation to the next. It has to be shared in some form or fashion with another person. A faith that goes unshared is a faith that eventually disappears. In our scripture passage today, we see two instances of this. The first story was a story of the transfiguration of Jesus. The story that grabs our attention with a very sparkly version of Jesus it goes from presumably drab and dirty clothes to dazzling white, the pure light of the sun. And while this is a significant part of the story, what is really important is what happens after this vision, something our confirmation class has already picked up on. It reads that Jesus instructs the disciples not to share what they have seen. Until the appropriate time. In the other gospels, this part of the story ends with Peter, James, and John basically just too confused as to what the heck they just witnessed that they don't tell anyone, or maybe better said, they don't know what to tell others. But Mark's gospel says they don't until the right moment. That moment would be after the resurrection when they would fully understand what they had witnessed and were now compelled to share but what if they hadn't the last chapter of mark actually somewhat addresses this question you see there are two endings to the gospel of mark depending on what ancient manuscript you look at In the oldest manuscripts the final chapter the whole book ends with this it's what we refer to as verse 8 so they went out and fled from the tomb for terror and amazement had seized them and they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid They fled and told no one. Now, I kind of like this ending because it's a cliffhanger. What will they do? Will they change their minds and proclaim the good news? Well, not everyone liked this ending, and so someone somewhere along the way added an additional ending to it that kind of wraps it all up in a nice, neat bow. They do share the news and even witness the ascension of Jesus. But the shorter ending is more compelling because it leaves it up to us. We become like Peter, James, and John, left to be the ones who pass along the good news. In the Old Testament passage from 2 Kings, we hear the story of Elijah passing along the mantle, which is really Elijah's robe. He passes it on to his successor, Elisha. Like in the Transfiguration with the dazzling clothes, it's the, one, the way Elijah dies or doesn't die that steals the show. He doesn't actually die, at least the text doesn't say that he did, but rather taken up into heaven, riding in a fiery chariot, only to be seen again on the mountain at the transfiguration. But the story, as wild as it begins, is not about Elijah, but the passing of the mantle to Elisha. The mantle, robe or tunic, is a symbol of prophetic authority being passed along. The mantle is passed along because, if not... Of course, faith in God faces this extinction possibility with every generation. and always has and always will. But as the commentary writer Chun Long Xiao writes, the main point of the passage is, in fact, the continued availability of people who would proclaim the word of the Lord. The people of God are not left alone. They're not left forlorn. As one prophet passes on, another is immediately raised. When one generation of faith passes on, another is raised. But what Professor Shaw left out was that Elisha learned from Elijah. The word of the Lord didn't just develop within Elisha, within the passing of the mantle, imbued with knowledge. He learned it from Elijah. And when the mantle was passed, it was his turn to proclaim the word of the Lord. As one person of faith passes, another is raised. Would there have been others if the story didn't happen? Maybe, probably. Were there others who could have performed this role? Maybe, probably. But none of them could have if they were not taught by someone who came before them. I was taught by Pat Kirk, among others. Who taught you? And I'm actually asking this question. Who taught you? Turn to someone in your pew, either sitting next to you, behind you, or in front of you, and share the name of that person who taught you. Go ahead, do it. And if you're online, you can think about this, write it down, or put it in the chat. Every one of you has or had someone who taught you about faith, who walked alongside you in your faith journey, who was an influence upon you, all of whom have contributed to you being in the very seat that you are sitting in today. God always raises someone and God does it through us, not for a time, not for a moment, but for our whole lives. And God does this for each new generation. Remember your baptismal promise? Not the one that you may have made as a, as a parent for your child, but the one that you made as a congregation to the child. It goes something like this. Do you, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ, promise to guide and nurture by word and deed with love and prayer, encouraging the child to know and follow Christ and to be a faithful member of this church. You made that promise countless times on behalf of others. Others have made that promise on behalf of you. It is this thread through our faith in which God raises up another to pass it along. It's the responsibility of the church and its members and not just for a moment or for a time. It's not just for when it's our children involved, it's for all time for all children and for all people. Our commitment to one another and the faith doesn't stop when we graduate or when we become parents or when we become empty nesters or when we become retired. It is for all times. We all have our role to play. It's a big responsibility laid on us by God and all those who have come before us. Therefore, there is a question that we must always ask of ourselves and of each other. What is it that you are passing along to the next generation through your words and your actions? What is the mantle of faith that we as a faith community are passing along? The mantle we pass along is not the same for everyone. If you think back again to those who have passed the faith along to you, I'm sure you learned something different from each of them. Pat Kirk taught me about what it means to be a part of a community of faith. My grandfather taught me the importance of asking questions and thinking critically. My whole church family, Northminster Presbyterian Church in Roanoke, Virginia, taught me what it means to be church, to be a church family in all times, in the joys and especially in the sorrows. They passed the mantle along whether they realized it or not. As we close this time, I have one more ask of you. I'd like, you to, uh, I'd like to invite you to take hold of um, the Connect card and add to the Connect card the name of the person that you shared before us. When you were talking in your group, write that person's name down on the Connect card. And then somewhere else on that Connect card, I invite you to, to write down what is something that you can pass along. What is something you have to offer to others, to the next generation? And then when the offering plate comes around, I invite you to put that card in the plate as an offering of thanks, as an offering of commitment. And you can do the same if you're online worshiping, you can enter that into the chat. The passing along the mantle of faith to others doesn't have to be something extraordinary or profound. I doubt Pat Kirk ever thought of what she was doing in my life as something bold and beyond. It was just what you do as a church family. What we do is what we do. God is the one who makes it more than what we can do ourselves. Trust that even in the little things like saying hi to a new face or asking Annalise and Ari what that toy is that they brought today, it is God through the Spirit that is making a difference and passing along the love and care of God to the next generation and to the next. I thank God for all those in my life, past, present, and future, that have, that are, and that will be passing along the mantle to me. And may I, may we, be of like mind and pass the mantle to others, because that is what we do as a family. Amen.